0: before I become a buyer for some big company I could be my own buyer and I can find suppliers and I could do this and so that's what I came up with the idea with and so that's what I started doing.
1: You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business and I'm your host Nikayla Matthews Akome. So let's get started today's episode is brought to you by Gusto. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll benefits and HR to small businesses across the country. They were even named best online payroll by PC Mag. And as a Side Hustle Pro listener, you will get three months free when you run your first payroll. So sign up and give it a try at gusto.com SHP. That's gusto.com SHP. Alrighty guys, welcome, welcome back to another Side Hustle Diaries episode. Today in the guest chair we have Danielle Mo, a soon-to-be graduate of Emory University School of Law and also the founder of Marked by Mo. Marked by Mo provides beautiful, high quality jewelry that is as versatile as the women who wear it. Danielle founded Mark by Mole in June 2018, yes, while in law school, to give the everyday woman access to jewelry at affordable prices. To her, Mark by Mole is for women who are doing that inner work and still showing up with confidence and style. Because as she says, every time we show up, our presence matters. And Danielle's mission is to empower us to make a statement by using our voices and presence to influence and inspire change. How awesome is that? It's not just about pretty jewelry, (laughs) y'all. In today's edition of Side Hustle Diaries, we will find out how the heck Danielle is juggling law school with starting a business, how she manages marketing, shipping, and customer service while still being a student and a small business owner, and how she plans to juggle her side hustle once she graduates law school. So welcome to the guest chair, Danielle. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you now. Tell us what? was your initial career path and full-time job before starting law school?
0: Okay, so before starting law school, I was actually a teacher for five years. Oh, get out. So I went to Howard University. Once I graduated, I joined Teach for America. So I went to Chicago. I was teaching second grade for two years while also going to school full-time for my master's degree. And I really enjoyed teaching, being in the community So I ended up moving to D.C. So I had already lived in D.C. And I just love the energy in D.C. So I went to D.C. I was a lead teacher um, for a couple of years at a kid's school. And I came up with this idea. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to move abroad for a year. I want to go travel the world. And I want to go to law school because I got to figure out this education gap thing that's going on in America. And so like clockwork, when I was 26, I decided I was going to move abroad first before law school because I wanted to graduate by the time I was 30. So I figured I'd give myself one year to travel and then I have three years of law school because I figured it'd be much more difficult to do that once I was done with law school because I'd be starting a different career path. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was 26, I remember I walked into my principal's office and she's like, you know, I want to send you on the leadership track. And I was just like, you know, it was December. And I said, I don't think that I'll be here next year. (laughs) Like, I don't think, like, thank you. And she was like, I know the kids are a little antsy. It's time for Christmas break. We'll just act like this conversation did not happen. And when you get back, we'll talk about it again. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So we went off on Christmas break, came back, and I was more convicted than ever that, you know Mm -hmm. what? I need to travel the world. Like, I need to do this. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And so I went back in her office and she said, OK, now you're ready to talk. And I was like, yes, I'm ready to talk. <laughs> and she said, so are, are you ready? You know, we've invested a lot in you. We want to see you here. And I was like, I am so grateful for your investment.
1: Um, but yeah, I won't be back next year. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, that like, must have been so a really was- tough conversation, though, when someone feels like, oh, you know, you owe us kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, and it felt like that, too. You know what I mean? Like. They did invest in me as a teacher, but I also invested in my school and more importantly, in my students, which yes. is why I was there. And also no investment that they can make in me has to be greater than what I'm making in myself. Yes. So it was important for me. I said, you know what? I need to travel the world for a year. Like there are things I want to see. And I'm also going to be a lawyer one day. So I got to get this done by the time I'm 30. So I'm 26 now, so you know, do the math. I gotta go, but I love it here. And if I were gonna stay, I'd be here, but I can't (laughs) do it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So that took me to China. Okay. Um, which is crazy because I, when she asked, she's like, "You must have a job already lined up," and I didn't have a job lined up, and so like. I was kind of nervous, but I knew that with the credentials that I had, and if I was willing to put in the amount of work that it took to get a job around the world, there's so many places around the world. Like I can get one of them. I just need one job. And so that's what I did. I just started sending my applications out, contacting schools, talking to friends who had um, moved abroad, blah, blah. and that's what I did. And so I ended up going to China, but before I went, it's so funny. So um, I'm from Memphis. My parents are in Memphis, so I'm talking to them, and they've already made up their mind. Like, if she says she's gonna move abroad, might as well get on board, cause yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen. And so I remember telling my mom, was like, "Okay, I'm going to China." She's like, "Oh, all right, we're going to China." And then my dad, I called him. I was like, "So, got a job in China?" He goes, <laughs> "Wait, do I need a passport to get there?" I'm <laughs> like, uh, yes." <laughs> so he goes, how long is the flight to China? Wow. So like about 18 hours. So he's like, all right, so get my passport and we're going to China. So wow. Imagine, <laughs> yes. Being on the plane with my dad, 19 hours to China. This man didn't sleep a wink. And I'm like, oh, my God, go to sleep. <laughs> and so I just, you know, that was my first time that I really took a risk. Right. Oh like kind of took a, le- a calculator. <laughs> you know risk and so went to china and before i went you know thinking about what could go wrong i'll be lonely it's a 12 hour time difference you know i won't have any friends it could go bad but also like with those three things that could go bad there were like an infinite amount of number of things that could just go really well Mm -hmm. so i focused on those things and when i went i was traveling the world i was you know doing my thing i was studying for the lsat i took the lsat in Shanghai. I was applying to law schools from over there and got into a couple law schools, got a lot of no's, got enough yeses, and I only needed to go to one school at a time. So <laughs> that's, all that <laughs> mattered. that's all that mattered. And so here I am. And I'm in Atlanta now. And I'm a student at Emory Law in my oh, last right. semester.
1: So you really had life planned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
0: it's kind of crazy. Like I did the math and I was just like, OK, I got to do this. Because yeah. I knew that if I got stuck in, you know, where I was in the, you know, working and you're yes. making money, it's kind of hard to be a full time student because mm-hmm. like you're going to making no money yep. to from making money. So that's a hard transition.
1: Right. And, you know, I think you raise an important point about this idea of like loyalty and investment and being grateful to your company, because sometimes I think that guilt trips keep some people in their role. And you have to remember, first of all, I, I think a really great employer won't give you that kind of guilt trip. Like, you have to understand that people may leave, but it it happens all the time. I know it does. Like, when people feel like they've invested in you, you might have gone through a training program that they paid for or whatever, they are going to feel some type of way if you're like, (laughs) I I need to leave. But you also have to keep your own goals and vision in mind. Like, and, And as you said, you have to also invest in yourself. So if the two are not aligned, then it's time to go.
0: Right. And All it's right. a mutual relationship, too. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't working for free. You were do- right. you were giving a service <laughs> yes, so like you were yes, doing your yes. part. So like, right. you know, and if they really believe in you and if it's genuine, if I'm going to go make myself a better person by mm-hmm. living my life journey, I'll be even better when I come back. If yeah. I decide to come back. If you decide. Side.
1: So talk about now. You knew you were going for just a year. So you started making that transition back. Was it easy to transition back or were you kind of had you kind of gotten used to being abroad and living that life? Yeah, I mean, no,
0: the transition back was tough. Like, that's probably one of the toughest transitions that I've probably made in life, honestly, because like I said, you're going, you're traveling, you're making money, you're going from country to country, you know, living it up, just like seeing things. And now first year of law school, you have to sit your ass in a chair and you have to be there, right? You know, you have to go to you. You have to not spend like you were used to spending because if you start with the same spending habits, the problem there is you're spending money, but you don't have a check coming in like Mm -hmm. you're used to. So one of the things that I totally underestimated was just like my fiscal responsibility. Like I needed to not do that. And so Mm -hmm. I had to learn that the hard way. And so that was one thing. But also like when you're working full time, as I was doing at first, you have a schedule, like a set routine, and it's, it's easier to go about life that way. And so when I started law school, you have somewhat of a schedule, but you can stay up to three in the morning studying if you want to. It's mm. not probably the best thing to do, but having to like make those adjustments, like both financially and getting a different routine. So that was, I mean, it was a hard adjustment.
1: Yes, I me. can imagine. Now, at what stage did you decide to start side hustling and why?
0: Okay, so and I think this is funny because when I I listen to your podcast all the time and I heard a lot of ladies say, I've been a side hustler kind of since I was a little kid. Uh So like I had like little businesses my mom will tell me about all the time where I was making candles and like Swarovski crystal wine glasses and stuff (laughs) like that. But I think that I decided to start um, Marked by Moe my second year of law school. So it started with just the idea. And so that the concept came up then of I need a creative outlet. It wasn't necessarily like I'm ready to start a business. It's like I need a creative outlet. And so I have always been into fashion and I've been sewing since I was eight years old. So and, you know, if you've sewn, you know that sewing is an expensive hobby. But I would make these beautiful things. And I'm like, I have to sell this. Like, I can't just keep spending money. And I got a shelf of 20 bags right here. And So when I realized that, you know, I can sell these beautiful things. And that's when the idea of Marked by Mall became something that I knew would be a profitable or it could be a profitable business.
1: Yes. Now, were you did you start with jewelry or were you thinking about your bags and, and sewing clothes? No. So I didn't
0: start with jewelry. So I started because I was sewing and I was making these bags and I was designing them. And I was like, this is awesome. But you know, that takes a lot of time and the effort that you put into sewing, like I'm meticulous. So I have to make sure the zipper is like perfect. Like, you know, and that takes a lot of time. And so I was like, what can I do that's still in fashion that still, you know, gives me the opportunity to like, show the like present a uh, item or whatever from my eye of things and how I see it but I don't have to sit down at a sewing machine for like two hours making one bag yeah and so I love earrings and I mean I remember before I started law school I mean J. Crew would just get all my money as it <laughs> pertains to statement earrings and necklaces I would look like plain Jane sometimes. But as long as my earrings were on point and my necklace was on point, I was good to go. And it just, you know, give you that that. Mm, about yes. Yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? And I was always taking my earrings and remixing them and like redesigning them. I was like, I can make jewelry because I want to design stuff anyway. So Mark Femmo did transition from the bags to making jewelry okay and I just start ordering small batches like finding suppliers and ordering small batches and just like you know sewing bags the making jewelry was a lot of time and I was like okay this takes a lot of time and I do want to do this ultimately but I also you know have all like I said had an eye for fashion so like you know before I become a buyer for some big company I could be my own buyer and I could find suppliers and I could do this. And so that's what I came up with the idea with. And so that's what I started doing. And I just started ordering small, small things like, okay. you know, testing the quality, finding suppliers, kind of building a rapport and, you know, building a relationship with them. And I hadn't sold anything yet. This was just, you know, I'm doing the market research. And yeah, yeah. Check. I'm building a prototype of what I want my business to look like. And so that's how I started in the beginning.
1: Now, and you still had class during all of this, right? And oh yeah, <laughs> you yes. are like studying law school. I know y'all do a lot of studying, a lot of yes. reading. Now, how are you balancing that? Yes, that's been a challenge.
0: I would say like in the beginning, it's just it's for me. And this is the beginning, right? I'm building, I'm building Mark Batmall. I'm building a brand. But when I first started out those first couple of months was basically a lot of like staying up till. Four o'clock in the morning. And while that may seem like extreme, it also like I would have rather been up doing that than sleep dreaming about doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it was just a lot of sleepless nights, but it was invigorating and I loved it. And so I tell my friends, I was like, I wake up honestly tired, but inspired.
1: You yes, know what I mean? Like yes.
0: balance it, like the balance is a challenge. So as I'm trying to figure out this balancing thing, like I just do it. Uh, at first, it wasn't a balance. I just do it. And it, and both of them were so, both of them are so fulfilling that it just drives me to do both. So, and I feel like I've done better in law school since I've started Mark by Mole. Because it, it really gives me, yeah, it gives me something to look forward to. Like when you're doing something all day that, you know, it's hard work, takes a lot of brain energy, you need that creative outlet. So Mark by Mole has given me that creative outlet. So I knew I have to read my notes I have to read these cases and I want to hurry up and get this done and do it right so I can get to Mark by Mall. So that's (laughs) helped me out a lot.
1: Okay, now let's get into the actual business and running of the business. So you made an important point and distinction about your business in that, you know, you went from making it by hand yourself, you know, thinking of different things that you like to make to realizing that you can do like these major department stores do and be a buyer and curate an awesome selection of jewelry. So once you realize that, how did you go about figuring out where to get buyers and how to source it, what quantities to to start with?
0: Yeah, so that process just took time. I just started with, you know, trial and error. So ordering smaller batches of stuff, because mind you, Mark Baimo started with $200. Okay, Mm so with $200, every single dollar counts. So ordering not like large quantities um, at first, but like smaller batches and really doing research. I wanted to know, who are um, J Crew suppliers? Who are, the, you know, like these big companies that yeah. I love and that I really, you know, like I rock their jewelry. Like I want to know where you all get your things from. Yeah. And so just a lot of sleepless nights of researching just on Google, just trying to figure it out. And then as I started to figure them out, I started to reach out to them, started to order some things. Reach out to their suppliers. But, reach out to their mm. suppliers, starting to order things and also like paying attention to how the suppliers communicate, whether they get back to me, paying attention to one thing that is most important is the quality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I started before I even like open up shop online, like what is the quality like as in putting my consumer hat on? Like I would want this, so I'm not going to, you know, deal with this supplier, but I love this and this is beautiful and I can see this being, you know, like this in this store. So that's what I did. Just like research. Like if you, if there's a wheel, there's a way, you just gotta go for it. You just gotta do the groundwork, start researching.
1: Yes. Now, do you think your law school training helped with this research and how you approached getting to the bottom of who these suppliers were?
0: Um, I really don't think so. I think like the inner detective in me that <laughs> you know that we all have. Like when you want to know something that you yes, want to know, yes.
1: you find out. You <laughs> find like, you know. But you can't. Like you, okay, so the average person is not if you. You know, Jay Cruz jewelry suppliers in Google, that doesn't take you to exactly what you need, you know? Right.
0: That's true. And I think that that's a part of it, too. Right. Like they don't want you to know who their suppliers are. These big corporations don't want you to know. So they make it difficult. But you got to do the dirty work. You got to get down and dirty. You got to research it. And, And I think that as you start to find one supplier you know, it may open the door to another one, to another manufacturer. And you're like, oh, wow, like I didn't even know this existed here. And then just start like reading these forums that they have online, you know, like they're whole communities of people who like wonder the same things that you're wondering. So like you just read it and you just, I don't know, you stay up, you find them, you buy from them for a little, you know, in smaller batches and you see
1: where it takes you. All right, so you got to find the back alleys of the internet. So, y'all, we're not gonna give you, yes. we're not gonna <laughs> give you Danielle's suppliers. If that's what you were waiting for, you're not gonna get that. <laughs> but you too can do some searching on Google and go to the back alleys of the internet and get right. down to the bottom of it. <laughs> hey guys, it's Michaela here with a quick word from our sponsors. If you have a business or you know someone who does, you probably know by now that small business owners, we wear a lot of hats. And some of those hats are mad fun, I'm not going to lie. But some of them, like filing taxes and running payroll, they're not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for us small businesses. It's fast with simple payroll processing benefits and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes, so you don't have to worry about all that. Plus, they make it easy to add on things like health benefits and even 401ks for your team. So those old-school, clunky payroll providers that you probably thought you had to look at, they just weren't built for the way we work as modern small businesses, but Gusto is. So let them wear all of those hats for you. You have better things to do. Side Hustle Pro listeners, you get three months free when you run your first payroll. So test it out. See for yourself at Gusto.com slash SHP. That's Gusto.com slash SHP. So what other investment and materials were required to start your side hustle with that $200?
0: So with that $200, I think that the investment goes three ways. Like there's the investment of money, there's the investment of time, and then there's the investments of relationship building. So I think that with my $200, my $200 investment, I knew that I needed to order a variety of different looks so that was one thing. I knew that I also if I was going to sell earrings, I needed to have earring cards, right? So like I knew I couldn't spend a ton of money on professional earring cards. So I went to Staples and I bought the Avery business cards mm-hmm. that you can you can print. I discovered Canva and I built my own little cards and I printed them myself and for what I needed at that time, that worked and it worked well. And so those were, and, and I paid for my website. So I started on GoDaddy, started building my website and that was what, $30 a month. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my initial investments as well. And so those were my initial investments that I made into Mark Bamo with that $200.
1: And when did you officially, officially launch?
0: So I officially launched Mark Bamo like I started the Instagram maybe in March. So I was talking to a friend because I knew I had the idea and I wanted to do it. And I knew at this point it was going to be jewelry. And so when I got that idea, I said, what can I do right now to start developing a community around what I want to do? Mm -hmm. And so my friend had told me uh, the story of the founder of Glossier and how this young lady kind of like built this empire. But the first thing she did before she even started selling products was she started building a culture and a community around the products that she was going to introduce. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was critical. So I started posting pictures of earrings and women and statement earrings, but I was very conscientious too about the way that the women looked that I was posting uh, those pictures of. For example, I'm disappointed when I look at larger brands that I spend my money with and they only have one black model, to be real. Right. And so one thing that I know there is that you're asking for my money, but you're not representing me. Mm -hmm. And so how can I fill that void? Right. So representation matters. Yes. So, And that was a hard, hard thing to do. Like that was hard because if you Google statement earrings, you know, if you go to Pinterest and you look for it, all of the models wearing it are not women of color. Yes. (laughs) So you got to get creative. I was up one night. It was uh-huh. about three in the morning. I'm like, what can <laughs> you I, said I too do?
1: well at three in the morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was about three in the morning. And I'm like, yeah. what can I do? So that's when I discovered LunaPic, which is like this little platform where you can put a picture of something on there and you can make the background of the picture transparent. And then I discovered Unsplash, which is like this community of uh, photographers who upload their photos that you can use free. Like, you know, they're not, you don't have any copyright issues because Lawyer Bay and me is always, you know, cognizant of those type of things. Yes. And so I figured out how I could put this beautiful picture that I love and make this other background um, transparent and put the two together as I'm building. This is like my first couple of posts because I don't have these products like in my possession and create a beautiful picture. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. And then so I started doing that.
1: So were you like putting the earrings on people and taking out the background? Or tell us more about that, like the process of Lunapix and Unsplash.
0: Okay, so basically on LunaPic, I'm like, I want my content, I want it to be colorful. Okay. And so they might have a picture of a wine glass with these sprinkles coming out. That's like, have a great day. And so I figured out in that wine glass or martini glass, whatever it was, could be sitting on a table, right? Mm-hmm. So I figured out how I could, Take that picture that now has a transparent background, and I could place that picture onto the table surface digitally. Place that picture onto oh, this surface, okay. and it looks like it's sitting there. Okay. And it's just like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you get the idea of the color and you get the earrings there. Mm. And so that's what I was doing at first because I also didn't have the photography skills to do this. So that was just like awesome. And th- And then as I kept going and I wanted to put it on, like I said, women of color. And I couldn't find any pictures really that offered that and what I wanted the aesthetic to look like. So that's what I started doing with I found these pictures that were available for the community of women of color, like side profiles. And I figured out how to manipulate the picture of that earring and turn it, you know, so it looked like it was on that lady Mm -hmm. because it did a lot for the picture. And that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to get to the point where where I could actually have that lady and those earrings on her. Mm-hmm. But I needed to be able to create that to build my audience with my first couple so of So you were
1: getting real creative. Now, yeah. were you recruiting? So I noticed that some of the pictures are you, but who are the... Are you also recruiting friends like, hey, girl, <laughs> put on these earrings?
0: <laughs> I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so, yes, I mean... That is absolutely critical to like how I started getting pictures because I was like, I don't want my profile to just be of me. Like right. I want it to be of other people. So I remember um at the when I first decided I was gonna start Mark Mall before I started the website, the day that I started the website that morning, I had gone to an art show in Atlanta at the Hammond's house, and this young lady was talking, her name is Melissa Mitchell and um, she was just talking about her art and how she started to have you want to be an entrepreneur. You got to do it and just go for it. And all these doors will open up. And it was so inspiring for me. And so at that art show, I talked to her and I was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to create a website and I'm going to start my business. And it was, you know, like you've inspired me today. And as soon as I got my website up and running and I got some earrings into my possession, I messaged her. I got in her DMS, like, I'm Melissa. Melissa, don't know if you remember me, but uh, my name is Danielle. I told you you inspired me. I started this earring shop. Can I give you some earrings? And she responded. She was like, absolutely. Like, you know, and so I did that and that connection. So like, you know, the investments, I said, not just in money, money, but also in relationships. Like and we built a rapport we built a relationship. And so when she got ready to do Fashion Week later, she said, you got any earrings for Fashion Week? And people were like, I'm not wondering like how you get into those avenues. It's really just like reaching out to people who will love to help you, who would absolutely love to help you. And the same thing with like Tiffany Battle. She was on my Instagram. She was covering Afropunk. And she was wondering, are there any small companies out there that would like to be, you know, like me to wear their products? And I was just in her DM, could you please <laughs> wear Mark more earrings? And she did it. And so yes. like those types of things, friends that are close who had a larger following, like my my friend Brittany, can, I, can you wear my earrings, please? Can you please be like, you know, an ambassador? And like these three things just kind of opened the doors to, you know, and their audience were, the audience that I was trying to a- attract as well. And like, trying to fill this void of women in color and finding statement earrings yes. and like empowerment. so that worked out so well. And then my friends just like, can you wear that? Like if we're going to this party, can everybody wear Mark Yeah. Like, can we
1: make this a thing? <laughs> right, right. I love that. Yeah. And of course, like the earrings are dope. The earrings are statement pieces that you want to wear. So it's not like you're convincing people to wear right. something. It's like, oh, of course. So right. what other steps did you take to market your products?
0: Okay. So one of the first steps I took with marketing was doing market research. And so I would look at other companies who were doing like similar things. And I would say, what do I like about that aesthetic? What do I like about, what what do I not like about it? Then I would look at companies that were in, you know, the same industry who were doing things that I didn't want to do. Like, you know, I didn't want to be kind of like associated with those brands. And what were they doing that made me not want to be there? So like, almost positioning myself and like trying to figure out what are their price points? Like who is their audience? How can I use, basically they can pay millions of dollars to people to do all this market research. I started with $200. I don't have that money to, you know, pay people to do my market research. I have to do it myself, but then also like, I want my business to be different. So how can I sneeze on the beat? You know what (laughs) I mean? Like you get it? Like, like you get the beat, but like, how can you, Market, like, how can you make this marked by mall? And so that's what I started with the initial marketing strategy. And then I use a lot of I just, I've just discovered the Instagram promotion with the business page. OK. And so that was like really critical, because as I was just building my Instagram, I was like, I need, you know, to try to attract an audience. And so I was using it. I was spending five five dollars here, maybe ten dollars there. On just getting it out there, getting it in front of people. Cause I was like, the, the quality in the product is the bomb. Like I just need people to see it. Exactly. Um, so paying attention to that is what I'm doing now. So basically what I noticed was I could have the same photo and I would promote it and it would get, I would get no followers, I would get no people going to my site. But then I noticed that I would take that same photo and I would promote it differently, and I would have like you know, a couple of people, 10 people, whatever that day go to my site and buy earrings. So I have to like pay attention. What am I doing different? So like I know on Instagram for the marketing, like the promotions you can do shop now, you know, sign up, right? learn more or uh, visit profile. And so I had to take off my owner hat again and put on my consumer hat. What do I do every time I'm on Instagram and I see a picture and it says shop now? I just scroll right past it. You know what I mean? Like, no, don't tell me to shop now. Like what I and so what I did was I did like this little trial and error thing. So I took that photo and I did shop now. No one went to my store. No one shopped. And then I took that same photo and I did visit profile. And I said, as a consumer, what do I like? What am I trying to build? I'm trying to build a community. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like welcoming someone into your home. I'm welcoming you and giving you the option to come into This community that I'm building, I'm not forcing like products down your throat, telling you to shop, and you can join the community if you like. And I noticed like that works wonders.
1: That's such a good observation. And that's why I encourage people to test, 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 test. Right. Like, you know, there's no secret sauce where like you everyone plugs and plays this one strategy for Facebook or Instagram ads. And boom, this is what works. No, you got to test. You got to see and also think about, yeah, user behavior. Right. So right. When people have their call to actions, you have to remember that someone who is on Facebook or, or who's on Instagram they're scrolling. They might bookmark. I love the save feature on Instagram, but they're on Instagram to be on Instagram right now. (laughs) You know, so that is a great observation. Now, at this time, your business is booming. It's growing. You're also getting ready to graduate. How have you been able to manage your other commitments, life, friendship and things outside of those two spaces?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little difficult because Mark and like I live it, sleep it, breathe it, you know? And so I just, anytime I have any free time, like maybe like, and I'm not doing research or trying to build Mark by I just go out for dinner with a friend, you know, pick up the phone, have a conversation with a friend that I haven't seen in a while. And I just try to fit it in because those things are, are very important to me, right? And that's also like, those are the relationships that I've built over time that I want to commit to. But as far as like um, commitments with law school besides class and like hanging out with friends, like those friends that I hang out with, we might go to dinner, but I come straight home from dinner, you know, start working on Mark by Mo, Or if I have another reading to do, I do that. So I kind of fit it in where I can and where I can't be social. I just accept that I can't be social. Mm-hmm. Like if that means like I can't go out every Friday night because I have bigger things that I'm trying to do right now, I just can't go like uh-huh. but. So I just, you know, and I'll explain that. I'm sorry I can't come because I'm trying to figure something out. And, you know, friends that love you and care about you, like they understand and it's okay.
1: Now, was there a time when you felt challenged, like you might not continue doing Mark by Mall? And if so, how did you push through that?
0: Okay, so I definitely always feel like challenged as it pertains to like law school and getting that done and Mark by mull and like, you know, the idea of like starting a business and the stereotypes that come around starting a business, you know, people are like most businesses fail. So like trying to tune that out, but also like trying to keep going and just like keep climbing to the top. So in September, I got really stressed out and it was just like personal stuff, like carrying excess baggage, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and realizing that you can't carry excess baggage with you just like, Excess baggage when you're traveling, for example. It will weigh you down. Like, you got to travel light so that mm-hmm. you can you can maneuver and you can do what you need to do. And so I stopped posting on Instagram, I think, for like two weeks. And I was like, OK, so I'm facing a personal hurdle right now. What mm-hmm. am I going to do? You got to just give up or you go you, like you can't just give up. That's not even like a thing. But yeah. I think that I acknowledge the issue and like the un, not the problem, but like the issue, like what's underlined. The, what's under this problem that's causing me to feel stuck, and like what what can I do to overcome this challenge? So you face it head like you know face it head on like this is our hurdle I'm going to overcome it. And then I remember um, listening to one of your episodes where you talk about how can I spend one hour a day building my side hustle. Yes, right. And so what is that one thing that I can do today to get myself back on track? I feel overwhelmed because my living room looks like. A disorganized warehouse, so I could spend an hour today trying to get organized, like little things every yeah. day to get yourself back on track. And I mean, like, that's helped a lot with what I felt like giving up. Just thinking about my end goal, like, you're going to give up today? Like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> no, you're up. not. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're, right. Like, girl, get up. You got stuff to do. Yeah. And so that has been like really powerful for me.
1: Now, when you started out, you said you had this idea for this business and you knew it could be profitable. Has it proven to be or has it been a little bit more challenging to do more than break even than you expected? Well, I've definitely at this
0: point been fortunate to see like a return on my investment. So that's awesome. And I think that that is so important. Like, you know, I sometimes like I have to remind myself to celebrate the small successes. Like, Because it inspires me to keep going and, like, okay, if you can do this, like set a goal, like a small goal, and then set another goal once you reach that goal. And so I know that, I guess for me, like the business is profitable, but not one penny that has been, um, you know, profited from Mark Baimo has been spent to do anything but build Mark Baimo, period. Like, you know what I mean? Like, every dime goes back into investing in my business. So buying inventory and that was like one of the key things like, OK, you want to be an earring shop. You know, you want to give women beautiful statement earrings. Well, first thing you got to invest in is more earrings. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> that's what I did. So that was the first one. And then, you know, like the second investment when I had, you know, with the profits is how do you want your aesthetic to look like I if you want to be a multimillion dollar company, then it's kind of like dress for success. You got to present yourself as, as that. So like the next thing I did was I stopped um, making the cards myself and I invested some of that money into having them professionally made. Okay. And that was important because it's, you know, like I might not be worth a billion dollars, but I'm going to look like it. Like yes. these small <laughs> things that I can do to elevate my brand. And, you know, I'm going to do those things because they're worth it in the long run.
1: How do you determine how much inventory to hold?
0: Yeah, that's hard. That's so hard. (laughs) And I'm still trying to figure that out. But I think one thing that I've been adamant about doing is listening to my customer. So I may be totally in love with this pair of earrings, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to buy, I don't know how many pairs. If they sit on the, the shelf because the ladies don't like them, girl, buy yourself one pair and listen to the customer. Like, yes. don't don't stock up. Don't let your inventory run your, your, not your inventory, don't let your ego run your company. Yes. Like, let your customer run it. So when I see, and also another really fantastic thing is like using the resources that come with the tools that you purchase. Shopify, for example. You can look at your Shopify analytics and it tells you what people like. Like, this is really trending up right now. And so using what the customer wants and what's hot to really inform your decision. So that's what I've been trying to do a lot of.
1: And when it comes to shipping and customer service, you are you also doing all of that? I assume, all right? All of it. All
0: right, right, of it? <laughs> Mark by Mole headquarters, which is my living room <laughs> and my one bedroom apartment.
1: Wow. All while being a student. This oh, is I'm crazy. Being a student. And yeah. it keeps me
0: on point, I think. Like, yeah. I know I have to get to the, to the post office by five o'clock, right? But yes. I know I have class at this time. So you got to get all this stuff done, girl. You just got to do it.
1: What and about so those all- times when you like, you have finals or something that's just like, I just need to drop everything and study this week?
0: Well, I guess. When building, I guess, a business that you have to send out products, you can't really drop everything and just study. You can't do that. Like, you can't drop the ball on one thing and run with it in the other. Like, you kind of have to, that's when that balancing thing comes out, I think. And so, one thing that I did do, though, and that I noticed was helpful when I had finals, is instead of posting. So, Instagram is what I use that sends most of my customers to the store. So I noticed like when I'm really on it with my postings, like I have a steady, you know, flow of customers coming in. But when I was doing finals, I would post once a day. So I was trying to minimize a little bit my posting, but still stay relevant mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't have as many customers coming in during that time so that I could really focus on my finals.
1: And now you are getting ready to graduate. So what's next for Mark by Mall? as you head off out of school and back into the working world? Well, I'm excited about it. I think one of the biggest challenges I have
0: right now is trying to figure out like how I'm going to manage Mark as My Side Hustle and work full time. So one of the things that I'm being very um, deliberate about is like what kind of job I will have. And Mm -hmm. so how I can make my law degree work for me and work for the company that I'm trying to build. So I I really love like marketing, the analytics part of it, like the startup. So instead of going to work for a huge corporation, you know, I've targeted my job, I guess, prospects to small startups. Okay. You know what I mean? So I can really get in there and still teach. I'm a lifelong learner too. So like still being able to learn in a smaller environment. And I can still use my legal skills, but I can also still do my thing with Mark by Mall. And where I see Mark by Mall going is, since I've been able to, I guess, build a relationship with the suppliers and things like that, and I've been able to like, start to like really understand my customers and like what the ladies like, I feel a little bit more confident in designing. And like really like having Mark by Mo exclusive earrings on Mark by Mo. And I've reached out to suppliers that who are going to be, I guess, manufacturing those designs that I have. So that's where I see us going next.
1: Nice. Now. When it comes to graduation, also, I assume you're planning to take the bar, right? And that's one thing yes. I always hear people like say they're going to lock themselves away from society for. So <laughs> do you plan on bringing on like some team members or some backup during that time?
0: I would love to. I mean, if I'm in the financial position to do so, then definitely. Um, but another thing I lean on is I lean on my my tribe, you know, like so whether it's calling a few friends over, like, girl, I just need help. Could you please help me pack these orders? You know, like things like that. But also, like I said, with law school and and starting Mark by Mall, it's been a blessing for me to start m- Mark by Mall during this time because I feel like I do better when I'm busier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It helps mm-hmm. me to prioritize. And I've done better in law school since starting Mark by Mall. So I'm going to treat taking the bar the same way, like, Like I'll have my time that I study for the bar, then I'll have my time that I do mark my and I plan to do both. And if it gets overwhelming, I'm going to bring people in and bring in, you know, my tribe, my family,
1: friends to help with that do it well I'm rooting for you I am so inspired by the ability to juggle that you know I wish when I was in grad school I had just started something and when I look back I had so much time like I was like why were you being lazy girl like (laughs) and and that's real because you have time yeah you
0: have a little bit more time when you're in school to do those creative things Mm -hmm. and so my idea was I'm going to start Mark Bowman while I'm in law school so I can set the foundation for it, right? Like, so I can build a website because I don't want to have to build a website, stay up to six in the morning, teaching myself how to code when I have a new career that I'm trying to start. But if I can make it a functioning and hopefully well-oiled machine, it'll be an easier transition for me when I start working full
1: time again. Absolutely. All righty. So now we're going to transition into the Side Hustle Diaries version of the lightning round. Yes, Are you ready? I am ready. All right. OK, number one, what is a resource that has helped you in your side hustle that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Canva. Canva is the bomb. Like I, I use it every day <laughs> for, my, for my website. I love Canva. OK, number two, what's been the best business book that you have read this year?
0: OK, so outside of Side Hustle Pro, because I listen to you every day, mm-hmm. um, there was this um, podcast called Great Women of Business and they had an episode on Madam CJ Walker that I must listen to like at least once a week.
1: OK, we, we will link to that. That sounds awesome. Um, number three, what makes you feel most alive and why? I feel most alive when I'm around
0: my family and friends and everybody is laughing and happy and eating.
1: That makes me feel really alive. <laughs> okay, number four, what is a personal habit that has helped you significantly with your side hustle?
0: Um, definitely I try to fill my brain with positivity. So I watch a lot of inspirational videos. I try to fill myself with things that are good for me, that are uplifting. Um, so I'm really cognizant about that. And also, trap music. I love trap music. <laughs> <laughs> trap music inspires me. So can't let that go. So
1: God and trap music
0: Yes. All day. yes.
1: <laughs> and finally, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow side hustlers who may feel stuck but just need to keep going?
0: Okay, I would say follow your intuition. And get help when you need it. And rest, but don't stop. And just do you. Like do what may, do for you what you would have expectations or want other people to do. So if you love flowers, go buy yourself flowers every Friday. You know, mm-hmm. do things for yourself that make
1: you feel good. I love that. That is some that's one of the best ones. I think I really like that. And respite, don't, okay, so don't stop. OK, so where where can people connect with Danielle and Mark by Mo after this episode?
0: Awesome. So. You can find Marked by Mole at markedbymole.com. And that's M-A-R-K-E-D, B-Y-M-U-L-L dot com. And please follow us on Instagram. It's marked by at marked by Mole. So at M-A-R-K-E-D by Mole. And you can also see um, or find me on Instagram. And it's at Danielle A-Mole. And that's
1: D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-A- M-U-L-L and I will link to all of that you guys so Danielle thank you so much for being in the guest chair thank you for thank having you. the courage to start a side hustle while you were busy and focused on a- another great achievement that you're working towards and for all of that you do I'm rooting for you thank you and I am so appreciative to be in the chair like thank you I appreciate it anytime alright and there you have it hey guys hey guys